My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun, and the fellas. It is sports timeout. We are taking on the sports news stories of the week. There's always great big huge ones all around the world. Let me introduce you to the team today. We have with us, he just came in. We thought he was going to be on the bench today, but no, he's here. He is a pastor, a player, an all-around cool guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get... Get ready to get pinged. I like that so much. <laughs> we, Couldn't see it, Gary. We have with behind us. Mic, it was behind the mic. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, there we go. He's just messying around. And then we have with us Josh McMillan. Wookie of the year, Josh McMillan. Yep, Wookie of the big voice guy. Let us know who is on. If you're watching the video or the show on video, you'll see him just to my left. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. Song his wife sings to him every morning. He demands it. And then we have with us, he is back in the saddle. It is so good to have an awesome author. We'll have links to his myriad of books. A lot of books, too, that are sports and devotionals. Absolutely very cool. Del did. Oh, so, guys, glad to have all of you here. Merry Christmas time. The whole world has been watching sports. I was laughing my happy little hiney off because, Del, as we were talking about the World Cup, you were talking about it's a little bit deadly to cover that. I think you're pretty happy just covering the other football here, right? Yeah, I'll stay up where it's up in the press box. <laughs> safe. Of course, we have two journalists who have died during the World Cup. So I think I'll just maybe wrap myself up in some bubble wrap and go to the next <laughs> game. It's crazy. Hey, is Cincinnati one of the host cities <laughs> when we host a few years? I would seriously doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. But uh, yeah, we have. And it's funny to me that we're so spread out in four years when we come back for the world cup it's every four years for those of you who don't follow soccer every four years like the olympics and it's going to be hosted here in north america but it just seems like big country canada you have the united states and mexico all put together i don't know that just seems weird but yet we can have it hosted in one little country called qatar why is that guys draft and corruption Oh, okay. There you go. In a nutshell. There you, there you have go. it. <laughs> be careful what you say. You don't want to end up dead. But we do have a final that we're going to be looking at. France got to the World Cup now, a final, defeating Morocco 2-0. And your man, Messi, is uh, taking Argentina to the final. They beat Croatia 3-0. So a couple of shutouts, France and Argentina. We know who you're rooting for, Garrick. Any thoughts on the final? Have you guys kind of watched the ebbs and the flows? and the entertainment. Yeah. Uh -oh. 
Yeah, it's fun to always have, I think you were saying, Brent, it's fun to always have something to watch. I have said again and again, Thanksgiving was awesome because there was so much sports to take in. But who's going to be watching the finals? We'll just take a quick poll. Me, Garrick, okay. Yeah. Gauchos. What's yeah, I'll probably, uh, I probably will. <laughs> 7 a.m. I know. Gosh, I've been getting oh. up at the crack of dawn for some forget, of these. Forget breakfast in Wimbledon. I'll take Gesso at the World Cup. <laughs> and there's some big things. Messi says this will be his final World Cup game. Ronaldo is now whining because his dream of winning a cup after a long, great career has ended. Coach for Spain has been officially ousted. You didn't do well. You're out. I'm wondering if the U.S. coach is next. And this is where, even for those of you guys who don't follow soccer as much as maybe Garrick and I, that's our area of expertise, you at least follow a bit of the U.S. men's national team and realize, did we really were we were we prepared were we too young did we get out coached and should the coach step down or are we willing to hang with them for another four years any thoughts on that garrick i don't think his mic's working can't oh yeah. yeah we can't hear you garrick i think you're on mute we see the mouth moving, but we don't yeah. hear you. I wonder if you yeah. can hear us. I don't know. Well, Josh, do you have any thoughts? He's not muted. I, it's probably not using the right mic on your computer. How about now? There, there we go. you are. Right. Okay. You I were lost, but now you're found. Hallelujah. I was talking a lot, <laughs> and you guys weren't. You were ignoring me. And so I, thought, I, thought I, was, I thought it was Steve Martin and the jerk. Am I invisible? <laughs> but How rude. Berhalter has actually, I feel like he's done a pretty good job considering we, I feel like we, we met our expectations at this particular cup. There was a little bit of embroiled controversy, as the British would say, within the team. We say with Gio, <laughs> Gio Reyna, great player, but not put in the team for very much of the cup. So there, there's been a lot of second guessing. There's also been a lot of conversation as to whether or not as a coach, Berhalter, he's a very much a player's coach and likes being involved and being really detached for much of the time. It's a very difficult job to be a national team coach because it doesn't matter how talented are you are as a coach. You have to, or I should say, how talented a players, you have to bring them together and help them to be able to gel. The teams with incredible talent got knocked out of the cup this time around. And so it, it's very interesting. But the way that and I think the key to U.S. soccer in the future, yes, it'll have to do with the coaching, but it really has to do with whether or not, and I said this last week, whether or not our players will have a chance to play for big clubs and have regular playing time. Okay, because it's so they need to be able to play with the big boys, not just have talent because it's not like they have less. It's just maybe that experience in, on the pitch with people who play at a higher level. That may be what you're saying we're lacking. Yes, I think we need more of that. There's a great example of this here in America. You can see, like, with baseball, Major League Baseball is, is, you know, one of the tops in the world. But players from, like, Japanese or Korean leagues, some of them come over and are just absolutely phenomenal. I think, like, Ichiro. But a lot of those guys that are the best in the league, they come over here and they still struggle. 
because the level of talent that they're competing against every day is just different. We saw it in Seattle with uh, recently with Yusei Kikuchi, who had some success, but also had a lot of struggles. And back home, he was just absolutely dominant as a pitcher. So it's just, you know, no matter how it, it much talent sense. you have, if you don't work against top talent consistently, you can't develop that talent and know how to improve. And that's, do you see that, Dale, you cover American football. You see that kind of a struggle making that step from college ball to the pros at times? Yeah, especially if you win the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> if Heisman, you're not going to have a very good career in the NFL. Not every time, but the majority of the time, that's a jinx almost. It's like being on the cover of Madden. It's not going to, you know, you weren't going to your, your days were going to be limited. But yeah, some, we see a lot of guys come out of nowhere who, you know, have, were never heard of in college and make have a great look at Brady's draft in the sixth round. He goes on to be the greatest quarterback ever. Yeah. Those are irrelevant. Just won a game against the Seahawks last night. Who? Yeah. Yeah. That's some pretty cool upsets there, too. being the relevant question? Guys, while we're still on the World Cup, we had mentioned a couple of reporters that have dropped dead. What the heck? I want to talk to you guys about what the heck. That's creepy. That's just weird. But having one story of a journalist that dropped dead and and of this aneurysm, right? His brother, who is part of the LGBTQ community, came out and the press was all over it. He had worn a rainbow on his shirt. Obviously, he was convinced and the press was reporting there is concern over foul play, that this was murder, et cetera, et cetera. Now we know that he died of basically an aneurysm. But his wife went out of his her way to say, I don't think that this is because of being vaccinated. We There's no controversy here. What's funny to me, and I don't mean to keep going here, but it just seems weird that the press was all over reporting this could be foul play because of his LGBTQ brother and such. But not, we do not even want to think about, you know, with all of the studies coming out now with vaccines and myocardosis and all of this stuff, whoa, we can't report that. Nothing to see here. Do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Doesn't that just ring a little hypocritical to you? Uh, Yeah, some, because uh, we, again, I have no history of blood clots in in, in my life. And about six weeks after I got the second shot, I was, in the hospital for four days, a couple of days were touch and go with, with blood clots in my lungs that my, my cardiologist feels was 100% caused by the vaccine. So the, obviously the media was hoping for something like that because they, they loved to, to fuel the fire of the social issues. But And just recently we were in the press box at a Bengals game in about the second quarter, we heard a big loud shriek and we all turned around and there was a... a um, one of the security guards was like having a heart attack. So no. He ended up being okay, but we heard this scream like, what's going on back here? Oh, we didn't my know gosh. What. Yeah. And, yeah, and unfortunately, I bring this up because where it's, if it's the right social issue, it gets more press than it really deserves. That That really shouldn't have gotten out and been a major concern as it was reported until you had a little more information, plain and simple. But conversely, not talking about some of the problems that have been associated with vaccines and why we saw perfectly healthy young men drop dead on, on a pitch, for example, um, 
if we're not talking about that, we can't say, okay, if you've been vaccinated, there's a danger. Here's what you can do to protect yourself because it's, you have to not speak about it at all. So that, that to me was a big, huge issue, but here's another one. Final story that I have with the world cup, other than if you guys have some predictions for the final in Iran, there was an Iranian player who be facing execution because of his involvement in protests against some of the stuff going on in their nation. Now, in their nation, Brent, they have to worry about some pretty egregious human rights violations, egregious. Here, we can turn our back on the national anthem because of things that that can't even compare. And we don't have to face death, which kind of screams, you have a lot, you have it a lot better in America than anywhere else. It just seems unconscionable that this young man might be facing execution. I think, to be honest, I think more than one of those Iranian players face a similar fate. Maybe, maybe not officially, but during the hubbub after their first game protest um, and the threats that their families were receiving and, you know, how they sort of kind of there were rumors that they were standing there originally the first game they did not sing their national anthem and that was what the big controversy was and then after they were threatened the word was that a lot of them were like lip syncing it but not actually singing it things like that Which if you've ever been with the camera going up and down the field that's actually not a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) some of the worst (laughs) sounds i've ever heard are from listening to players if it's from the heart let her rip (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, I think that if there's only one that's being openly threatened with execution, I think there's probably others that are really concerned about their own safety and the safety of their family members. It's just when you oppose a regime like that, this is the expectation. That that's the risk you take. That's yeah, In our country, you face the risk of being canceled. In Iran, you face the risk of coming home and finding out your family's disappeared. So, yeah, ultimate cancellation. Yeah. So, yeah, seriously, I, these are, regardless of their faith or their personal lives, these are people we need to be praying for because they've That's right. been standing against tyranny. True tyranny That's brave. Uh, carries a really? steep cost. That's really brave. We have Brittany Griner who issued a be- statement. Before we go on, oh, is this related to Iran? Because well, if not, I want to get our World Cup predictions too. Yes. Brittany Griner coming home issued a statement concerning her release. She actually took a stand for, thank you, for other folks, Americans, uh, those in Russia and other places that that she would like to see come home. She was giving thanks to the military who made sure that she was all right. And I'm, we forget how good we really have it here. We, she has been one that's been, and it's fine to be critical of your nation, but to outright hate on your nation when we have so much. I wonder, Dell, if she's come home and said, wow, God bless America. I would hope so. I haven't watched a game yet, but I know she was very vocal about the national anthem not being played when she was a player. So I hope she's had a change of heart on that. And I'm glad she's home. But yep. by golly, that Marine should also have been home too, who's still over there. But I hope and she's the had teacher. a change of heart. I and hope she's teacher. had a change of heart. Yeah, and the teacher. But yeah, I hope she's had a change of heart and realized um, 
she's very fortunate and blessed to be where she's at. If we could just get the teacher in the Marine to identify as, I don't know, a lamppost, a gay lamppost, maybe they'll have a chance of coming home too. Oh, did I say that? I think I just did. All right, World Cup predictions. Garrick? Oh, I get to go last. Oh, okay. <laughs> Any, anyone? Fr- France or Argentina, Dell? I pick whoever Garrick wants. That's interest of friendship. <laughs> Brent. My cynical pick. <laughs> it's gonna go to it's gonna go to penalty kicks, which I think is a terrible way to decide a championship. I don't have a problem like in the single elimination rounds when you have a game in two days later with it. But I think the championship deserves to be played out the full game. So I don't know. I'll say I'll ask Garrick which of the two teams is a be- is better from the spot. All right, Josh. I'm gonna go with the Gauchos because I think Fran- France might surrender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Argentina's gonna pull this one off. I really do, but Garrick. I just think that, that both. First of all, let me just say that this was the final I had hoped for based on the teams that were in the semifinal. You. Uh, I think that there's always a part of me that hopes for me. So he wasn't that, hoping for the U.S. men's national team. That's what you didn't, you didn't hear there. You didn't. You did not hear me, Michelle. I said, <laughs> based on the teams that were in the semifinal, okay. this was the final I was hoping for. And there's a part of me that always pulls for the underdog, but I just think it would have been a it would not have been a great final to see Croatia playing against Morocco. However, Having watched the semifinal game when Morocco played against France, I, because of the fact that they went down in the first half, they really had to open it up in the second half. And it was actually a very exciting game. And so Morocco surprised me a little bit because they tended to be just lay back and then counter. But, but I think Argentina has shown that they have a little bit more ex- explosivity potential uh, from the scoring perspective. But France with Mbappe and their ability their ability to finish as well, it's going to be that's an exciting true. game. That's true. And I swear, if I did drinking games, which I don't, I'm a one-and-done girl, it would be every time they say Mbappe, you have to take a shot or something. <laughs> My gosh, they love him. They love to say his name. I do not know what it is. There's, well, an incredible player. Of course I he mean, is. But it's beyond <laughs> that. There's something about they, the press loves to say Mbappe. Mbappe. <laughs> It's like, shut up. Okay. I, we got it. I'm just saying. I'm just Messi and Mbappe both belong on the all name team. When the, yeah. When the... yeah. I was just going to say that. We have to count the number of times Messi and Mbappe are said during the final broadcast. Just but, let them play against course, each other one on one. I want to see. I'm a messy. I'm a messy fan, and so I am definitely pulling for Argentina. And I think that there's a very good likelihood that they will pull it out. But it's going to be a great final either way. It's going to be entertaining. It's even for those of you who are not big soccer fans or football. Let's go to the other football that we're all a little. Most of us are a little more familiar with. To me, it was like. I, the last couple of weeks has been like a quarterback surprise. I mean, you have Purdy who just outshone the go 
goat Brady beating the 49 beating playing as a 49er third string beating the Bucks 35-7 and then handing my Seattle Seahawks their butts on a platter what the heck that big who is this guy as you guys were saying so that to me big quarterback surprise there and and there's been other issues with quarterbacks of teams having to play with their second string their third string Dell, what's going on I'll tell you what, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of, uh, I don't, yeah, you kind of hit it on the head there. The Bengals have been fortunate to have Burrow the, the entire season. Of course, he was out the first part of the preseason with his appendix, but uh, he's been healthy. His, his line's been able to step up and keep him healthy. Whereas you're seeing some other quarterbacks tra- traditionally who've been healthy go down. So it's an odd year all around. It's kind of an odd feeling out there. What about the, they should probably should have just, retired long ago you have brady you have up there in green bay (laughs) you have these guys who they were great at one point but are they still and maybe they should have stepped down long ago or you have russell wilson who has this monumentous paycheck and he's just like wow what the heck it's just been weird Russell Wilson's had a really rough year. Denver fans have had a roof because they, I don't, I guess they, they have buyer's remorse right now. <laughs> Brady and but Brady's got nobody around him, man. He's like a one man guy out there. So he's, he has to, he's got a whole lot, a whole little of nothing out there to work with. And, so you uh, think it's the I mean, whole thing? Or do you, yeah. Th- yeah. Do you think, but or do you think that he's just past his prime? I think a little, I don't think he's passed his prime yet. So I think he's got a, a one or two years left in him if he has the protection and the people to okay. go to. But he's having a rough year. But they're not putting any points on the board at all. They're doing nothing out there. And we'll see him this Sunday. So we'll see what's happening. I don't. I, mean, I, think, I would say he has oh. people around him. He has when healthy. They got Mike Evans, Rashad okay. Perryman, Chris Goodwin, Julio yeah. Jones. Like they have tools around him for that offense, especially. I think mm-hmm. that and like on defense, Vita Vea alone is a human wrecking ball. Yeah, he's think he's got people around him i just think that they're having trouble executing yeah you're right yeah i I think one thing i think one thing too if you like the 49ers that we watched last night i think it shows that if you have almost all the other pieces in place the quarterback is not necessarily the magic piece that you have to have they it doesn't matter with kyle shanahan his running games always are good it doesn't matter who he's got back there running the ball. I, you just plug and play running backs with him, and they always have a tough running game. So that always mm-hmm. is going to help their quarterbacks. And right now that defense, I think, is probably the best in the league, the way they're playing. They've got superstars all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you have a quarterback that doesn't have a ton of pressure on him to do anything other than what he does well. And so they can put him into a position to play to his strengths. I didn't see a whole lot of things that he had to do that were out of the ordinary. But if you've got other guys that are insanely good, Geno Smith of the Seahawks was under pressure last night like he hasn't seen all year. And so the Seahawks offense became a non-factor. And a lot of that was because of that 49er defense. That's so, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I was great. there freezing I, I my butt off yeah. last night at the game. You know what's really disappointing on top of your team losing? I, I don't know if you get this much out there in Cincinnati, but last night yeah. it was about 50% red jerseys in the stands. And it's, what the heck? 
<laughs> it's like travel really. the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably one of the best travel teams out there. Everywhere they play, you see those yeah, terrible towels everywhere. <laughs> and uh, but when we were out in LA for the Super Bowl, of course, the Rams are really good fans. That was about seventy percent Bengals fans in in, in that stadium. Really? Yeah, but all of America was a Bengals fan for that. You know, unless you're, <laughs> unless you were a diehard Rams fan, we were all. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Who? I think yeah. you also for Seattle. You hit a losing streak, and people saw their tickets, especially when it's going to be 35 and raining. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was cold last time. It was definitely cold. Another example is Kyler Murray's out. So you just have it. It's just been an odd year to me it was an odd preseason actually with the quarterback shuffle now it's an odd season with quarterbacks josh did we lose you maybe he'll get back in i was going to ask him but belichick up there by the way there's rumors of his trade did you guys hear about that we heard about yeah. it. rumors there you think is there any bite to it and does anyone care he's i don't know oh sorry oh good the rumor I saw was that, that they might want to try to trade him to Carolina. But frankly, the job that Steve Wilkes has done there since taking over midseason, I think he deserves that job. They didn't give up on the season. It would be very easy to have done so. They're playing, they've been playing with rotating quarterbacks, uh, and he just turned them into a power-running team, control the ball. The defense has stepped up. I don't know why you wouldn't give him the job. So why you would trade for Belichick, no thanks. I think Belichick... More than losing Brady, I think losing Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator has really hurt him, and he needs people around him, too, just like anyone else. Yeah, yeah, and it's about the team that you have around you. Absolutely. I'll be sure to ask Bill that question next weekend when I'm up there, and I'm sure he'll answer it. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you guys sure. are going to be lunching, I'm sure. Well, and I, uh, and anything... I, Go ahead, Gary. I just wanted to say, regarding San Francisco, they struggled early on in the season, and I feel like Christian McCaffrey has made such a difference for them because, and I think you're absolutely right, Brent, in terms of a quarterback. When you've got a running game like that, when you have a running back like that, it opens up all kinds of things. And if you look at the Seahawks, they're, they've struggled a large part when they've had these injuries in their backfield. So... I just feel like you're right, Brent, in terms of Belichick and his coaching abilities and how well he's done and built that team. But I, I just, I feel like Christian McCaffrey needs to get a lot of credit for how well that San Francisco is doing. But anything else going on in the NFL that is on your guys' radar? Dell and I were talking beforehand. The Deshaun Watson experience has not really paid off up in Cleveland. Yeah. There's a, whether... <laughs> Personally, I don't think he should be playing at all with all the accusations against him, and most of them have been settled, not necessarily exonerating him. But I think they've looked worse with him on the field, too, just from a playing perspective. Jacoby Brissett did a better job as their quarterback, but you give a guy nine figures of guaranteed money, what are you going to do? <laughs> the Broncos aren't going to bench Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, you know what was interesting last night? No, no, because he's hurt. 
Interestingly (laughs) enough, last night, Richard Sherman wasn't someone that everybody loved when he left and went to the 49ers. They weren't real happy with with that little breakup. But it was nothing like the Russell Wilson breakup. I don't want to. I'm going somewhere where I don't have to carry a whole team on my back and to a city that really wants to win. And it just felt like a really nasty breakup. And last night, Richard Sherman was on, on the field, actually. And they were saying, yeah, former Seahawk. Just earlier that day on the radio program, he was asked, in retirement, do you consider yourself a Seahawk or do you consider yourself a 49ers? And he said, absolutely, a Seahawk all the way. And so last night, you saw the crowd go nuts over, uh, over Richard Sherman. It's really interesting. It's beyond just sports, that connection that people have with their players and the appreciation. It's so hard because it is a business. The four of us and Josh, who couldn't stay with us, we love sports beyond just the business of sports or just what teams get intimately involved in it to a degree. And to me, it was just really telling about the human spirit that it was like, oh, yeah, Richard Sherman, our old pal here, welcome home. And Russell Wilson, people were jumping out of the stands ready to throttle the guy. What the heck? Well, <laughs> just, I'd like to get your thoughts because you're kind okay. of the uh, – most of us have a serious Seattle connection. So I want to get your okay. thoughts on that. On Sherman? Uh, Well, beyond just Sherman, but maybe the Russell Wilson thing. And really, what cities go through when they have that connection with a player? Yeah, yeah, I think identity is a great attribute. When you think of Anthony Munoz, he's a life Bengal. They love him. And then we're down there a lot with Kenny Anderson. We see him a lot. People love him because he, and I understand the business side of going on and making more money. I get it. But in those days, you didn't see a lot of that. You saw birds stay with the Celtics for 13 years. Yeah. And they love that. And so there's identity. And, this and, is and, my city. And be, even if they don't know them, they feel they know that person because they're there as family. And so a lot of it is that. I think Russell Wilson's got a long way to go as far as he's going to have to play like Brady and Montana and Elway <laughs> combined just to get people to start to like him again. Yeah, I agree with you. And by the way, Garrick, I'm still talking about the game last night, Mr. Ultimate Soccer fan and player, by the way. He's gonna be he's gonna be ninety-nine with a walker out there playing soccer. I just know it. But Christian Roldan and Jordan Morris raised the twelve flag last night. I thought you'd like to know that. That's you know, awesome. They gave That's homage awesome. to the US men's national team. Over to College, though, Caleb Williams, quarterback, got the Heisman Trophy. And I was thinking about about what you said, Dell. I'm like, oh, is that a good thing? <laughs> I know. He's doomed. He's doomed. <laughs> That just freaking cracks me up. The sad death of Mike Leach. He coached for here in Washington State and Mississippi. And California is the Regents vote to affirm UCLA's big move to the Big Ten. Their big move to the Big Ten or their little move to the Big Ten. Those are some big things to talk about, boys. The bad move to the Big Ten. I don't like that a bit. And if when you... I was moved by one, there was a sports writer named Steve Robertson, MSU reporter, wrote about Coach Leach's death, and he said, it's very poignant, and this was in Leach's finals hours, he said, it it appears to be simply a matter of time, it seems 
also unfair. Life is fleeting. Tell mm. those you love how much you love them. Forgive, forgive. And that was from a sports writer. Wow. <laughs> very poignant for him to say that. And very, because we never know what, what's going on. No, you don't. Yeah. The Mike Leach stories that are coming out now really show us a lot more about the kind of man he was. You don't, yeah. you haven't heard, you've heard a lot <clears throat> about him being an innovator of the air raid offense and stuff, but the very personal stories of how he treated like kids, some of them were like make wish kids with cancer or whatever, or, but, or even just some random kid that would come down while they were warming up two hours before the game and waving at them and would end up on the field with Leach and one of his players showing him how to snap a ball. He was, I don't know where he was from a faith perspective, but as a person, he, he treated the people around him in a way that you don't often see. So it's really a big loss and much more than just the game's perspective. And because we're faith people here and sports kind of an analogy for life, like the struggle we have, like the scripture that says run the race with endurance. Sports is often that analogy. And I think that sometimes we don't realize in sports and in life, little things that you do can make a huge impact in people's lives. And even importantly, in our own lives as well. That's the thing. You can just a little bit of investment in time, a little bit of kindness, a kind word spoken in at the right time makes a difference in people's lives. Sometimes as people of faith, we think that we're called to these great big things. And if we're not writing books and talking in front of thousands of people, then we're not really doing much for the kingdom of God. But sometimes it's about changing the world in massive ways by doing tiny little things. There you go. That's my two cents. There's your mic drop. That's my <laughs> mic drop. Boom. Yes, indeed. Okay, so while we're talking college sports, guys, I am going to self-admit that where it comes to college football, I have no idea what the dang flipping heck is go goes on with deciding who plays which bowl game when there's like what 45 bowl games or something and there's new ones coming up everything but shy of the toilet bowl and I don't know how we figure who plays what and how and when and where who knows oh great okay thank you Dell. that explains <laughs> pulling out your wallet okay <sighs> that makes a lot more sense to me now I'm telling you it's dizzying I love sports been involved in it been reporting sports for all this time and to have to admit I, I don't know <laughs> it actually kind of it actually kind of works like a combination of the way the Rose Bowl used to with always getting the Pac-12 and Big Ten champion and like the NFL draft. So the, these bowls get they have a pecking order of when they get to pick. And so like the Alamo Bowl um, in Texas, they might get a choice of the third Pac-12 team to go off the board against the fourth Big Ten team to go off the board or something like that. So there is, there are like conference tie-ins and like an, a, a pecking order that has to do with what Dell was showing out there. A few dollars involved, but and there's teams that a, opt it's out not too. Entirely so, random. yeah, there's teams that opt out. There's players that opt out. If you're an if you're an NFL caliber player playing for a team that's seven and five, those are games I don't blame these guys for not playing. I struggle more when you have guys like for a playoff team 
that decide to opt out when you still have a big team yeah, thing you're playing for. Yeah, that's sucky. That's tough. That's tough yeah. for me. But for these other guys, I really don't blame well, them. I think Alabama's going to have to go recruit a team to play in their bowl game because there's nobody <laughs> going to be on the roster <laughs> to, 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 to play. Because And I see both ways in that, too. But I think if, if the school is giving you a free education, providing you this opportunity to play – you got to fulfill that obligation. That's and what it comes down to. You're absolutely right. So. You're absolutely right. You Holy really right. are. You're getting a free ride. That's a pricey little thing there. Plus, you're getting a platform so that you can be viewed by the NFL and move on in your career. So, yeah, there is a bit of an obligation. I get you don't like one game, yep. one injury could end you. That is the risk inherent with the occupation that you have chosen to yeah. pursue. I Gary, think. Go ahead. I, I, I think, too, for these guys that know they're going to be drafted, there are insurance policies that you can take out, mm-hmm. Lloyds of London and those sorts of things, against your future your earnings or uh, potential yeah, earnings. True, so, what a disappointment. <laughs> that's really. Well, it would be a disappointment, but you face that every time you're out on the field. Yeah, for all the people on the field, I met a guy recently at an event, and he used to play for the University of Washington. He got drafted in practice, had a neck injury. That was it. And so I don't even remember his name, and I met him two weeks ago. And no one would have known his name because he never got the chance to shine. It is really interesting. All the hopes and dreams that little kids have of playing in the NFL someday or playing big leagues, how many people make it, and from the people who make it, how many people stay. So that it really puts it in perspective, I think. Whether it's sports or life, Dell brought this up earlier, You just need to be ready. You always need to be ready for it to be your last day, your last opportunity, your last whatever. Say I love you to your loved ones. Say I'm sorry when you've messed up. Keep short accounts and be ready. I like that. And as my pastor says, pray attention. And that's not just because he's Asian. Hey, I resemble that (laughs) remark. (laughs) Just saying, guys, it's time for us to take a final shot. Let us know if there's a news story in the sports realm that we haven't touched on today and who you want to give your final shout out to. Final shot. We're going to start with Brent R. Baker. Oh, and guess what? I actually am ready. Yay. As he was just saying, be ready in season ready. and out of season to give yeah. an account be, for the hope that's yep. within you and your final shot. <laughs> I just listened to your sermon, Derek. Cool. My final shot goes to Chris Paul, who currently is playing for the Phoenix Suns. He's been in the NBA for about 17 years. When he was in college, he went to Wake Forest, but he went to the NBA after his sophomore season, so he never graduated. And this past week, after 19 years, he completed his college degree. Actually, he got his degree from Winston-Salem State and earned his bachelor's in mass communications. So we talk about you get a free education, and you, sometimes some of these guys get educated in professional sports and make it big and never finish their degree. And Chris Paul is one of those guys who's pretty universally respected in the NBA. And I just think it, it's pretty cool that he um, he went back and did that, completed his degree after all this time. There you go. Garrick, paying us. 
mine is going to go to someone from the north, a Canadian. Now, and we've had a lot of conversations today about the GOAT. Some will say Tom Brady in football. Some will say Messi and Ronaldo and all these different people that uh, claim have legitimate claims on GOAT, which is greatest of all time. But uh, there is recently in the news talk of the great one, Wayne Gretzky's all-time NHL goal-scoring record being broken by, I think he's Russian, a player, the Blackhawks. And yeah. And, and I, as a soccer player, I learned from watching Wayne Gretzky play hockey because he was what, you always get your teeth thinking, bashed in and you go back and play yeah. instead of rolling on the field. Way to go. I like it. That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a flopper, okay? <laughs> Josh is gone, so that was wasted a little bit. But no, Gretzky, one of his most famous quotes is that I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where it's going to be. And that was indicative of his mindset, his mentality of anticipating and being proactive in the game and so anyway he is in my opinion one of the greatest athletes of all time as well as as far as hockey is concerned he is the goat so today my i tip my hat to the our man from the north there you go great the great one wayne gretzky dill final shot yeah i always forget to do this so i mine's kind of impromptu but a big it was a birthday this week joe, joe burrow turned 26 years old this week, 26. Ooh, old man. <laughs> and uh, he'll be playing against Brady this weekend. Yeah. And I saw a, an article yesterday, and I, I don't mem- I did memorize it, but it, it compared where Brady is, where Burrow is now when Brady was at that age. And Burrow is is really doing a whole lot better than Brady was. At it. Wow. And Brady had a great career, except the rings. He didn't have any rings. But uh, so Bur- Burrow's on a very good track right now. And uh, he's, he's well liked since I loves him. He's he's doing really well as far as relationship wise. And he talks to us very nicely. He's always courteous to us. So shout out my shout outs to, to, to Joe Burrow, 26 years old on December 10th. And I've been by his black Porsche he drives. So. I like it. And he's my fantasy. He's my fantasy quarterback too. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I just want to give a special thanks. My, my book seeds in the wind. It's a children's book that is out before Christmas. Does God hear my prayers? I want to give a shout out to all the folks who supported me in getting that on. It's so, it's so important in this time. We see sports makes a difference in kids' lives. And some of the sports programs in schools have been shrunken. And yet it gives kids a chance to realize that they can play as a team, that they learn that teamwork and support and so much that goes into it. Kids are in a, a crisis right now. Depression is horrible. And the second leading cause of death between 8 and 12-year-olds is suicide. This is a time, especially during Christmas, where we really have to remember. And so shout out to the people who supported me in getting this book out to remind kids that God does not forget you. But also to the people that I see before the games, and you see them too, uh, Dell, because you're there as a press. You see the guys outside of the cameras, outside of what's going on. They get on the field, and where do they go? They go to the end zone. They kneel, yeah. and they give glory and honor to God. They're not doing it for the cameras. They're doing it because 
that's their heart, that makes a difference. And some kids somewhere will see that and realize there really is hope. So that the, that's the kind of thing that gets my shout out today. And of course, you guys for making time. This is fun to me. I get to talk sports with my bros. And that's what I want for Christmas. I love it. Maybe the Seahawks to do a little better. And for crying out loud, Kraken. Anyway, I won't go down that road. <laughs> guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining. And then thank you for watching, listening, subscribing. And please go to My Michelle Live. I'll give you links to all these guys' awesome books and their websites. God bless. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.